What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And just like the song says, dynamite come and me one go home. Me so one go home, but I can't. God help me, I can't. Unfortunately, Desmond was not able to do the AEW recap this week due to some issues, so the Booch had to jump in and assist with the recap of All Elite Wrestling. I don't want to, but I must. God help me, I must. You need the expertise of the Booch, you need the analyzation, but most importantly... Uh, my, the man joining me right now, he can get the job done. He's a talented individual. He does need, he needs the banter just as much as I do. You know, we, we could do it by ourselves, but it's just not that fun, ladies and gentlemen. So I am swallowing my pride to assist the man who is joining me right now. He is my part one co-host. He is back in the AEW hot seat. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show the one, the only, Mr. Elvis Delinsky. Woo! L-B-D. 
LBD, LBD, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your AEW review for the week, April 22nd or 23rd, whatever it is. It is so good to be back. <laughs> Boochcast is recapping AEW and as much as to Vinny Chagrin, he's going to have to do a recap with me because Desmond was busy doing something. Oh, yeah, he's got kids to look after. But, hey, you know, we all have a life. Things going on in our life. And the thing is, we're a team here. So if one team has to go do something, we understand. Life happens. The show must go on. And, oh, boy, am I excited to be recapping this show because not only for the show itself. I have a little pride in my products. I have yes. a little shining little moment with me right now. We had over a million for the past two weeks. Two weeks because we're unopposed to NXT. AEW had over a million. God, in that first week we had just another 50,000 more people watching. It would have been over like more than the, the audience of Raw watching Raw. A three-hour product that's been on for years. A little t-shirt company that can get it past a million. And by God, this man is happy. I am like a pig and shit. I'm just rolling around. Just be like, yeah, pick <laughs> it in, man. It's fucking good. Well, it's definitely great, you know, that they're and now, uh, you know, the AEW runs unopposed. The people who out there who have been, you know, picking and choosing and going back and forth, now they can just pick one and stick with it. So it is great for wrestling fans to have, like, their wrestling fill. It's like, okay, I got my Raw on Monday, my NXT on Tuesday, my AEW on Wednesday, Impact now moving to Thursday, and then you got... On Friday, you got SmackDown, so it's it, there's great options. So it's it's actually it's yeah, a, wrestling, wrestling fans is great. I mean, I mean, like it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Um, NWA is picking up soon enough here, um, shortly because um, I just saw something about that online that um, NWA is picking up. And Vinny, um, I'm not sure if you're down, but you know NWA is taped here in Atlanta. We live uh pretty close to Atlanta. Like uh, you're oh, about yeah. half an hour away. I'm about half an hour away. So you know, I know we're doing an AEW recap. But I'm bringing up NWA because uh, oh, thank God for my company. The uh, Forbidden Door has been open, and we should actually go to an NWA NWA show. Dude, I would totally be down for that. I would love to go to one of their tapings. It's at, you know. I would love to go to their tapings. That'd be so amazing. <laughs> Just to see like a live wrestling show again, that'd be great. Yeah. You know, because it's been a while. You know, we were originally, we were going to go to Mania, but we ended up not doing it. And after after night two, I think we can all agree we made the right decision uh, to not go. Because if we had to choose one, we would have picked the Sunday show and we would have hated ourselves afterwards. So it would be nice to go to an NWA show because we know, uh, you know, you know, you know, there's going to be good wrestling there, you know, because they got Absolutely. they got a plethora of talent. Granted, they some of them they've lost to companies that unfortunately won't let them travel to NWA. But still, they've got to get enough roster that I would definitely love to see it. Uh, it's definitely be fun. So, it, I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, God, you, you I mean, you couldn't be a better time to be a wrestling fan. Um, WWE seems to be floundering right now. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and bash that company too much. I'm not going to go too much into it. They lost some talent, too, which we might see on either Impact or um, NWA or even AEW, um, you know, with all the wrestling going on, you could pick and choose which brain like the most. And uh, if you're really, if you're just a wrestling nerd who wants to catch up and fill out everything that's going on, you can literally go on a dirt sheet every day and read something new every day about the fun new topics going on. I mean, that's awesome. Absolutely. And of course, we'll be talking more about the uh, the talent that got released. We'll be talking more about that on Monday. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into all of that. But right now, we're gonna jump into uh, AEW Dynamite. And of course, once again, we have uh, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and the racist—I mean Excalibur—at uh, the broadcast table. Taz comes to join them for the start. 
start of the show. And we have our first official match of the evening. We have Hangman Adam Page versus Absolute Ricky Starks. And I'm not sure what your thoughts about Ricky Starks is. I freaking love the dude. He is, I mean, like, I know a lot of people compare him to The Rock. I don't. I think um, he's going to be great on his own. He doesn't have to be compared to him. But I think, like, his um, his charisma and the way he works and only having a small amount of time on TV, because he hasn't been on TV that long. I mean, he's really making a name for himself. This match, Absolute Ricky Starks, was fantastic. I'm not sure if Ricky Starks brought his A-game or because maybe Ricky Starks had a great dance partner in Adam Page, but my God, we're freaking amazing. I love these two. I think these guys had such great chemistry. Um, You know, they had Hook. I mean, Hook is uh, really coming on his own. I can't wait to start actually having some matches with them, but um, I love absolute Ricky Starks. I like you want to boo him, but he's like the best. He's like the best heel. And he, he's almost found his niche. He's good on the mic. He's got his persona on TV down or whatever. He's almost there, and he's gonna get there. I think within a couple, like within a year, or with, I'd say six months to a year, Rick Absolute Ricky Starks is gonna come onto his own once he actually leaves um um Taz's team or Team Taz, whatever, and break out his own. Dude, he's gonna break out, and he's gonna be a big shining star for AEW in the future and i for one am so excited but this match have you i mean this match is so much funny there's one wrestling match i'm gonna say it's the first one or last one this match was so awesome hangman and page um it took a while he, he kind of got went on a, this little sidetrack where he was kind of lost in the shuffle he kind of lost his way for a bit I mean, i'm not sure if you're watching beating the elite looks like the dark order made him regain his confidence but at the same time actually find himself again and now it's true and testament because he's the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship, which is amazing. Absolutely. And I will um to answer and to answer a couple of your questions. One, sadly, I'm way behind on being the elite with all the shit that's been going on. Uh also but I will answer your other question. I am a fan of Ricky Starks. I mean, the the swagger, the personality. I think that's why he gets compared to The Rock, just because of that you know, his cadence and his personality, but he definitely deserves to be, you know, in a league all his own. You know, I'm not going to say he's the next rock, but I will say that Ricky Starks is incredibly talented. I love what this guy can do in a match. I love what this guy can do in the on the mic. He definitely is, you know, the whole package. All he needs is a little bit more exposure and a chance to, you know, be, go strike out on his own a little bit. Like, obviously, he's doing a good thing with Team Taz right now, but at some point, if Ricky Starks can stand on his own two feet and prove himself that way, he can become a main event guy. This is mo- no doubt. He has got all the tools. He just needs uh, he just needs to be fine-tuned. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, and Absolutely. And I completely agree with you, too, when it comes to that. I would say give him another year, like six months to a year, to keep working with Team Taz. Eventually, uh, um, go against the TNT championship, uh, TNT champion, whoever that person might be. I think within the year, Ricky Starks right now, the way he is carrying himself, the way he handles himself in a ring, six months to a year, this guy is going to be TNT champion. I think that's a good start starting point. I mean, you know, from where he was just six months ago to where he is now, another six more months. Once he gets a championship, that TNT championships, that title, that title was prestigious. I like that title. You know, Cody had it first. It was Brody. Um, then we had um, who was it after that? Um, geez, it was. Uh, was it was it Darby Allen who went in my friend? No, it was somebody else. Who? Well, Dar. What you mean? What about Cody? No. So, so the TNT Championship, you had Cody. Yes. Lee, and who else had it after that? It went back to Cody and then Darby Allen. And Darby Allen. Okay, so you have that. So, um, which has done wonders for Darby Allen. But I cannot wait to see uh, what's going to happen next. But give him about six months to a year. I'm going to say Ricky Starks when he gets a championship, he's going to elevate the title. 
Now, good people's hold it so far, but I think Ricky Starks is going to bring prestige to that title. You'll see it, though. When he gets it with that swagger, he's going to make that title the hottest title on the, on the, on TV, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, even though we're saying with Ricky Starks, you know, give him six months to a year, as far as I'm concerned with Adam Page, all out. 2021, he needs to walk out the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. They I'm need to kinda, stop sleeping on the hangman. Clean up the cleaner and let's start let's let's start pushing Adam Page for a change. I'm glad that he's getting the confidence back, being the depressed guy all the time. I want I want the cowboy shit to come back. I want to start seeing some cowboy shit. I want to see Adam Page on a streak. Whether he has the dark order on his side or not. I could care less. You know, they want to be his friend, let him be his friend. But and they can be allies. But Adam Page, that he needs to be the guy. This is the guy who needs to beat Kenny Omega. He needs to kick out of the one way angel. He'd be the only other and be the first American to do it. Because Kota Ibushi apparently is the only other person that's ever kicked out of it. Um, but that needs to happen. Adam Page at all out. I would put it I would make it all out, which I think is in August. And it's it's right now at the time that you're listening to this, it's the end of April. So you've got time to build this. Get him to August. Kenny Omega drops the title to Adam Page. He's already ranked number one, and it's time to stop playing grab ass with the hangman. Just for Let's give this man the belt. He is deserving. He is a badass, and this is coming from somebody who did not want him to be the inaugural champion. That's because I didn't know a lot about him, and I wanted AEW to come out strong, so they had to give it to Jericho. Adam Page, over this last year and some change that AEW's been in business, has shown me that he can be the guy. So I say all out 2021, make him the guy and build him to that. I think, and I think that's what they're building towards too. Now, do you know how this match ended? Uh, I believe. So Adam Page, Adam Page submitted Ricky Starks with a submission move. What was the, what was, I've never seen the submission hold done before. It's almost like a modified um, STF. Like he uh, pulls back on a leg and like um, he has like the STF where he's grabbing behind the head but brings the leg up too. So he's like stretching him from both angles. This is a brilliant move. So don't get me wrong. The buckshot lariat is a very devastating move. Okay. It's a flip yeah. over. Boom. Like full momentum, clothesline, one, two, three. Adam, I think when Adam Page added a new page intended to his repertoire, he's got a submission move. He is a top star because usually top stars have a, what? A finisher and a submission hold. And The Rock had it, right? Um, st- uh, most most uh, wrestlers had it. Like, you had like Kurt Angle who had it. Um, a lot of big stars have like two submission. They have like um a finisher and they have like a submission hold too. Most of them, yeah. So so Hangman and Page not only has the books on later, not only can he feature you with his brute brutality, the strength. He's got a finisher now. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's perfect. Not only can he beat you on, he can beat you standing. He can beat you lying down. So I mean, Ricky Starks fought like hell. I mean, there's so many two counts in this fucking match. I was like, dude, Ricky Starks is almost going to win this one, but we're going to give it to him just yet. Give him six months to a year um, when he starts building himself. Because the thing is, if you give him two years, three years, he'll be untouchable. Yeah. He'll be on freaking touchable. So the thing is, a loss, Ricky Starks, he may take a loss, but he got over big as hell. And you have a great partner in Hangman Adam Page. So it really took nothing away because you fought against a bigger person. And at the moment, Hangman Adam Page is a bigger person. Eventually, you're gonna have like a stone cold that stone cold versus raw kind of scenario when Ricky Starks get a little bit bigger with the next couple of years. So again, he's a man of the future. Now my man, he lost uh you know, he lost the match tonight. But the thing is I'm not taking anything away from him because Hangman Adam Page, he's a star. He's a right he's not a rising star. He is a star. Yes. That's what I'm saying. You know, 
Rick, that's the that's the only difference between these two. Ricky Starks needs more time to develop. Adam Page has already developed. He just needs a story mm. built. They just have to build a story around him so that it makes sense in August and then build it to that. And then once they got that story, they can do it. And I would do it. I would say start after Double or Nothing. Like get, get to Double or Nothing. Do whatever they're going to do there. Starting the next night, you do whatever you got to do. Do whatever angles, whatever storylines, whatever promos, whatever. Build it so that it all out. They can settle the score and Adam Page can get the title. Build it there. And you got, that's money. That's going to be money. And on that note, we see the elite arriving outside. They enter their own private trailer. Of course they did. And then we have our next match of the evening. We have Trent Beretta versus Pentagon Jr. with Alex Abrahantes. Abrahantes, which, by the way, is part of the Dark Order, too. I'm actually watching BT, uh, being the elite, but he's actually part. He's actually with the Inner Circle. Little known fact, if you haven't been watching it. Okay, interesting. Um, So, um, you know, Penta, dude, Penta is just amazing. I love this man. He is so great. I, you know, I love um, Pac a little bit better, but Penta, doesn't matter if he's on Lucha Underground, if he's on Impact, or he's on AEW, he's always been one of my favorites because he just gives zero fucks. And a zero fuck, zero matter though, whatever, is just so fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I just, man, I like Trent. I do. I'm just like, I, I, I'm slowly but surely not becoming um fond of the best friends. I'm surely not. I don't like them. Um, it seems like every day, every week that I'm watching them, I'm, I'm just becoming more and more out of love out of the best friends. Don't get me wrong. I like the fact that Chris Stanlander is now, long, now aligned with them because I love Chris Stanlander. I'm just not a fan of the best friends. Um, I think it's kind of growing kind of stale on me. Um, I like Orange Cassidy somewhat, you know, like I like his little stupid shit he does from time. The thing that pisses you off the most. I'm sorry, my mic was off the whole time. Could you hear me? Do we hear you perfectly? I'm, I, I'm, I'm sitting here in shock because I, I've been waiting. <laughs> but continue. No, I mean, I was, um, you know, I was, I was, I, I was fond of Trent. I was fond of Orange Cassidy. You know how I feel about, uh, I'm not gonna say Chuck Taylor or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't we, we, we we both um, agreed on that. Uh, we both agreed on that from Jump Street. Uh, but the thing is, like, I just it just seems like week after week, I'm just falling more and more out of love with Trent and more out of love with Orange Cassidy. Um, you know, it's just like you know, I don't I don't used to relate to it, and now I don't. Um, you know, it just I think it's kind of worn out its welcome. Something needs to happen within that group. Pick Chuck out. I don't know. Do something, but. I'm just not, I'm falling out of love with them again, man. I don't get it. I wish I could sit there and say I could stand behind them. I mean, I love Penta. Um, I like, you know, I love Phoenix. He's one of my favorite wrestlers in the world right now. Um, yeah. Pac, forget about it. He's amazing. But the best friends, man, I just don't feel it, man. I just don't. I, I mean, I just can't get behind them. I want to. Um, but yeah, I just, I just can't get behind it. I hear you, man. And that's the thing is because there's no growth. It's this, it's the same thing every week that there's nothing, they're not bringing anything new to the table. And I know you said kick Chuck out, but I would say this, and I, and I mean this in a positive, good way, kick Trent out, let Trent go on his own because he's the most talented of the three. He's got the look, he's got the skill, and the the Sue aspect lets him bring a little bit of humor into it. But here's the thing, even with Sue, he still looks badass because and it kind of reminds me of like certain movies you see, like and they're mostly comedies where like 
the big guy, where like the big muscular guy, usually, sometimes it's a bully, but it obviously trends a baby face, usually gets out the car and he's going to go beat this guy up. But beforehand, you see his mama coming over and he just says like, he's like I'm going like, to go beat, I'm going to go beat this dude's ass. And his mama said, make sure you're on time for dinner. I'm going to make your favorite. He goes, thanks mama. And, he, and, then, he, and then he, and then he, but then he turns back around and goes, now I'm going to kill you. Like, but he has that smiling moment with his mom. You, know, you ever seen that in a comedy? In the, you know, like in certain comedies, they do that. Oh yeah, no, I, get it. I get it. It's kind of like, um, what is that movie? Um, oh, I can't think of it right now. No, no I totally get the, the whole dynamic, but Trent's, Aside with like you know, I know he's best friends, obviously with Orange Cassidy and Chuck, whatever. You're absolutely right about this. He's a breakaway. Um, I'm not sure how many ass kickings he's got to get though. Don't get me wrong; he had a great match between them, and is I think it was pretty powerful, right? During that um, during that uh, that backstage match they had, where everybody's like fighting with a car, or whatever. They took off in Sue's van, and Sue flipped like, them the off, which was great. But that, that was a great segment. I love that segment. It was really good. And um, I'm not saying that they're bad wrestlers. I just think like their shtick what they're doing does not i guess without an audience it doesn't work yeah and we they need to figure out a way they need to figure out a way to um kind of change where it's at for me I, I think you and i've been on this pedestal so many different times that it's, it's almost exhausting to a point where we have to explain it every time but it's just it's just tough to watch but um get to this match um you know penta you know Penta things. Um, Alex Abrahantes, whatever, he distracted uh, Trent by saying Sue sucks or something, which caused a distraction. That, you know, they had Penta knock out uh, Trent with the microphone and use a package pile driver for the pin. And one, two, three, your your winner is Penta El Zero Merdo. But, you know, I just can't get away from it because like, the thing is, like, I think you and I know talent, you know, you know, game recognizes game. And man, Trent will do so much better without this fucking team because Orange could get over on, on himself. Like Orange could do no wrong in most fans' eyes. I liked them at first. It was an ongoing joke, but now it's kind of like, okay, well, we need the fans to get that over. So now he's kind of dialed it back a little bit, which is great. It looks like he listens to our podcast. But yeah. at the same notion, Trent, if you're listening, TK, I know you're listening. Break up that group, man. Just temporarily. It doesn't have to be like a breakup, like, hey, man, you know, uh, I don't think we're doing good or have an angle where, like, someone turns on the other one. You can just say, hey, we're all good friends, but you know what, though? I want to go to loan. Just to kind of see how we do. You can, you can do it like they're friends. They're not best friends on TV anymore. They're just friends. Like, you know, they come out separate. They have their own ring entrance. They have their own music. And then they want to see how well they could do together. They could go on a run, for, you know, Trent could go on a run for a bit, you know, have some good little singles things, whatever. And after that, though, once, once like, you know, their single things kind of die out for a bit, they could reform later and do that whole hug thing with the camera and everybody gets, it's a huge pop again. You need to break it up because right now it's just like, man, it's falling stale every time. It's it's garbage. Yeah. And you need to run its course until it becomes, you know, retro or nostalgic and then people will want to see it again. Exactly. I mean, they don't have to make it that long either. You don't have to like necessarily make it a long stint. You could do it for six months to a year. Hell, even six months without seeing those guys all together at the same time and then bring them all together. Like have this whole storyline where, you know, Chucky e. T's trying to get some matches. He's losing all the time. Chucky e. T's winning. Or oh, I'm not Chucky e. T, but uh, Trent's winning for a while. And Orange Cassidy, you won't see him on TV that much. You'll see him in little segments here and there. He wins. Um, maybe, you know, maybe he'll like, he'll be on dynamite like once every month or something, but getting wins on fucking, um, on dark or something or elevation. So like the people who are watching this stuff on YouTube could get their fix of orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor or whatever. Eventually when an angle runs where there's like more than a team with like a faction, 
make the save and that'll be a bigger pop. But right now we have to like separate them right now just to give them longevity in their shtick. Otherwise the shtick is just run its course already. And that's that sucks. Within a year and a half, the shtick is dead. Exactly. Um, but of course, uh, I'm glad Penta got the win. And of course, um, you know, they got a chance to ignite this feud a little bit further, like the best friends versus death triangle. But hopefully this leads to Trent breaking out on his own. Uh, then, of course, we move on to the next moment. We have a sit down interview with Jim Ross where he interviews the pinnacle, which, of course, consists of MJF, Sean Spears, FTR and Wardlow. Uh, Jim Ross said the word was buzzing about the upcoming Blood and Guts match. MJF said Tully was at home working on the playbook for the match, but he sent a new scarf. Wardlow unwrapped it and presented it to MJF. Wardlow mocked Chris Jericho's comments from the previous week. MJF ran down Chris Jericho and said Jericho outsmarted everyone for 30 years until Jericho met MJF. I'm not great for 25. I'm great, period. I'm a top guy. We are the best faction, the pinnacle, not the inner circle. We are undefeated. If my memory serves me correctly, Chris, I already beat you, and that makes me better than you, and you know it. Don't send out Mike Tyson. Send out your family and try to beat us. I'm not a mark for you, Chris. I'm a mark for your spot. And on May 5th at Blood and Guts, I'm going to take it. Yeah, man. I mean, I love this promo. I mean, it was fire. Um, the delivery. I mean, like his emotion, his facials. You know, about like, you know, I'm not a mark for you. Like a lot of people here are marks because you're Chris Jericho. I'm a mark for you. I'm a mark for your spot. I'm not just great for 25. I'm great, period. I'm a top guy. Not you. You used to be. You may outsmart everybody for X amount of years, for three decades, but I'm the man. When you came face to face to me, I'm the one looking back at you and saying, no, you're not that great. I'm greater than you. And the thing is, you know it because I already beat you. I have nothing else to prove to you. I got time on my side. You don't. You've done all of the great things in your life. I still have a whole future in front of me, and I already took down who's supposed to be the top guy in our company. So, yeah, him bringing it out, they'll bring that in emotion, just talking about, like, the pinnacle. And the thing is, the pinnacle? Mwah. Chef's Kiss. MJF. John Spears. Dex Harwood. Cash Wheeler. Carlo. And, and Wardlow. I mean, wow. And Blanchard? What the hell? This group is perfect. A lot of people would argue that MJF is, like, you know, like, the weird guy out, but... I'd say no. You know why? Because all these top stars, you need someone to take a fall. MJF, I mean, uh, Sean Spears, he can take that fall. Might be blamed for a couple of things, but at the same time, you need a fall guy because you can't make MJF look look less. Take them with Orlo. Even like FTR, you can't make them look less than what they are. So, you know, Sean Spears could take that role because you need to take a loss from time to time. And who's going to take it? It's not going to be MJF. It's not going to be Orlo. It's not going to be FTR. Everybody needs, a, everybody needs a fall guy. If Sean Spears later on decides that he needs to be kicked out because MGM gets pissed off that he's losing all the time, they could do that and bring somebody else in. If they, if they so choose to. Right now, that is a strong faction. And, dude, I think it's better than Inner Circle. It's better than the Elite. It's better than anything right now. Oh, it's phenomenal. I love this team. And I love how Wardlow called out Jericho because when Jericho cut his promo last week and everyone was calling it the Immortal promo, I found two issues with it. And one of them was the way Jericho went after Wardlow because if people pay attention, he, even though he did the funny line where he's so dumb, he has to strip completely naked to count to 21. And I'm not going to lie, that was funny. But you notice he fucked up the setup to the joke. Did anybody catch it? Go on. Go on. He said that Wardlow has a million-dollar brain and a 13-cent body. Question. If Wardlow has a million-dollar brain, how is he dumb? Yeah, they had it backwards. He was just, he was kind of dyslexic that yes. day, you know. He's supposed to, yeah, because the whole purpose of he's supposed to have a million dollar body and a thirteen cent brain. That's supposed that's, to be a million million dollar million dollar certain thirteen cent 
brain. I get it. You know, we we get it. Um, you know, you can't be spitting fire all the time. And Jericho, you know, with all his great, I mean, the thing is, like, don't you agree that Jericho's brought so much to this world when it comes to wrestling? I mean, listen, no no one agrees with like his whole dancing and you know a whole bunch of different things with a little thing that he did with MGF. But the thing is, Jericho always has ideas. Always have different ways to try to get himself over. Not only get himself over, but make the most of his mic time. I mean. Did you watch the Stone Cold Steve Austin interview he had? Uh, Chris Jericho and Stone Cold Steve Austin? I saw bits and pieces of it. Uh, I didn't what, watch well, the whole I'll, thing. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you the cliff notes. Cliff notes was he was talking about like he was, when he was in, um, you know, in New Japan. When he came to WCW. They said, Chris Jericho, we need you to kill some time. He made the most of his time every time he had a mic. Even it was like for one minute, two minutes, three minutes, ten minutes, whatever it was. Whatever time he was given, he made the most of it. How can he be different from everybody else? Instead of saying, I'm going to kick your ass from ring to ring and... You know, by the time I'm done with you, I'll make you my bitch. That's just like, it's not trying and true. That's just a, a, a vanilla, plain old thing, whatever. He tried to make the most of his time on it. Now, after all these years of coming with different concepts, concepts for matches, for all the different things he's ever done, yeah, he's he's a conniving person, but he had to be because he he didn't look like Brock Lesnar. He didn't look like Hulk Hogan. He looked like Kevin Nash. He didn't look like Scott Hall. He didn't look like Sting or Ric Flair. He was a guy who was supposed to be mid-card his whole life. And it's weird to say it because he beat Stoke Holsey Boston and The Rock on the same night, which is always going to be something he's always going to say. But his shelf life should have been only a mid-card. And the fact that he made it to the promised land, going to WWE and being the big guy, that's pretty bad. That's pretty huge. The fact that he could go to he could go to New Japan, the fact that he could go to like anywhere and be a star and be a top draw, he's supposed to be a smaller guy. Even though we see him right now, and in our minds, he's big. He's never been the guy. I mean, he's the guy at AW. The fact that he was able to like rub elbows with the likes of The Rock, The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, all these different people can hold his own says something. Hell, that match at WrestleMania to Shawn Michaels. It's one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. It was a mirror match. It was so fucking good. And the thing is, you know me about Shawn Michaels. I'm not really a big fan of his. The thing is, he they had a great banger. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, totally. And obviously, I'm not necessarily hating on Chris Jericho. I just, you know... You know, I, I get it. I, I I critique, so I have to catch things. But I'm just glad Wardlow brought it up because I realized, as critical as the internet tends to be, nobody was bringing that up, and I found that fascinating. When like I'm oh, catching because, this, it's because uh, Vinny, we talked about it before about the IWC. Um, the IWC is very critical when it comes to WWE, but very lenient when it comes to AEW. Yes, and I for one have said it many times. Um, I I like my product. I like my AEW. AEW is a very you know me, Vinny. Every, remember when? Um, I guess I'm not sure if I knew when, when I knew you when I when TNA came out, when Lucha Underground came out. I preached to, to the heavens. It seems like I was always trying to be counter WWE my whole life. Whenever I saw something else, I wanted to go toward it. I wanted to succeed. Yeah. And eventually, WWE won every time. So when AEW coming out, I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go full throttle. But the thing is, like, after all these years of watching these shows and going back and forth, I'm critical, too. Am I going to sit there and just, like, AEW become a correspondent? No. If IWC is wrong, I'll be happy to call them out and say, no, you're bullshit because it's not like this. Um, I'm critical of AEW. This is just a good show. I like this show. But how many times have I kicked the garbage can in your house? How many times have I cursed AEW's name or told TK to get his, get his house in order? Um, pay-per-views and shows. Won't be an IWC fan when it comes to shit that's garbage. Because the thing is, if you're supposed to be the counterproduct of the machine, which is WWE, you better put up or shut up. Because if you don't, your million views right now, it's going to go lower and lower. Now, we got a little bit less than we did last week or the week before. 
but you're still over a million, which is important. As long as you keep over a million right now, that's all that matters to me. Absolutely. I hear you. And of course, you know, like I said, among everything else, obviously a lot of things going on. I, I, I've ta- Elvis and I have talked about this off air, but since we're on the podcast and the subjects come up, I have to get this off my chest because I just, I have to, or I'm going to go crazy. Um, now, obviously, for the longest time, ladies and gentlemen, we've had a Wednesday night war. AEW, NXT. Obviously, they have done things in the past to try to one-up each other in the ratings war. They've had special, you know, they've had pay-per-view events. They've made TV events. They've had gimmick matches. They've, they've, they've done everything they can to compete. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there is no longer a competition. AEW has Wednesday out of themselves. NXT has now moved to Tuesday, which, of course, is try- which of course begs the question, why is this blood and guts match happening on May 5th on live TV, when you have double or nothing on May the 30th. I can't be the only one that thinks this is a dumbass move. Please tell me I'm not the only one. Elvis, please tell me I'm not the only one. This is fucking stupid. Please tell um, me you agree. I, I think the fact that, you know, they've been really chomping at the bit, and I, you're right, it would have sold more seats. I think it would have sold more pay-per-views when it came to Blood and Guts because I'm not saying, like, listen, I'm an AW fan. True and true. I love the product. I think it's great. Now, take it with a grain of salt because if there's something's wrong with it, I will call it out. And TK, he listens to me. He knows. Um, that would have been a pay-per-view worthy thing. But the thing is, if it's on a pay-per-view, if it doesn't match up to be what it's supposed to be at, I think it'll be a letdown. So I say let it happen now. And whatever happens in the after- aftermath might be even better. I don't know. Same thing we had a stadium, um, stadium stampede. Uh, a couple years like a year ago um you know that that would have been a pay-per-view thing whatever but at the same time when you watch stadium stampede did it live up to your expectations or did it drop the ball Do you I remember mean, that yeah well a lot of for a lot of people it dropped the ball uh okay. some of it i i didn't hate it too much i i i only critiqued certain things as a match i understood what they were doing my biggest gripe was the fact that the inner circle looked more like a team than the elite did. Like, I mean, like they I they mean, looked like that, a unified team. At the same I, time, weren't you happier the fact that it was on free TV because they hyped it up so much? When it was on TV, it was like, you know what though? I'm glad it was just a TV thing and it wasn't a pay per view thing because if you hyped up so much and put on a pay per view, it would have lived to expectations. But, I mean, they built it up, and when it was just a regular free TV show, they live up to it. I mean, like don't get me wrong, there was some good moments. Wait, it, there was a lot of things that. It wasn't on TV. They actually had it at last year's Double or Nothing. Sorry, my mistake. They, it was la- Sorry, last year's. Guys. It was the main event of last year's Double or Nothing. Was the Stadium Stampede match. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So I. Elvis has been hitting the juice tonight. It's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's my point. And the thing is, is that usually a match like Blood and Guts. Because here's the thing: for those of you who may not know, Blood and Guts is basically their version of War Games, but they can't call it War Games. So. Of course. And the thing is, after this. How do you continue the feud? This is this should be the blow off. This should be the end. And it's barely even so it's like they're ending it when it just started not too long ago. So I don't think it's going to end. I don't think it's going to end because remember when I first started this um we did the podcast for quite some time. Remember like you asked me Elvis, you know anything about these guys from AEW? I'm not sure who these any guys are. Elvis, I need you to inform me who these people are and everything else. Um I said, "Don't worry. This show is going to be a little bit different from what WWE is because why?" doing new japan style america and you're like oh i hope it's not like all strong style i'm like no 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 no. there's gonna be some strong style there's gonna be a whole bunch of japanese wrestling too when it comes to it we've seen plenty of that but the thing is factions but factions done correctly you think because 
the inner circle and the pinnacle are going to be fighting each other and this is going to be their blow-off match it's like kevin owens and Sami Zayn. they're going to fight forever this is like this is the this is not the war. This is not going to be the end all be all. Yeah, it, it might it might fight in a cage, but it doesn't mean it's going to end in a cage. It's going to keep going. These factions who are formulating, getting their missing pieces, getting their champion, getting their tag team, getting their whatever piece they need to get together. This is the beginning. It's actually actually t- it's coming to fruition for what AEW is when it comes to factions. They're putting the pieces together the way it's supposed to be done. MGF finally has a stable he feels comfortable with. Chris Jericho has a faction he's known for a while. These factions are not going to come and go. They're going to be here for a while. Now, you might have some people, you know, um, change from time to time because of allegiances. But the thing is, factions, faction warfare is here to stay. It's going to be same as uh, New Japan, but Americanized. And the thing is, they're making you grow in development of the character. So, Brendan Cutler, you probably don't think twice about him, or, or Peter Avalon, or, you know, all these different, like, single characters. But the thing is, eventually, all these people are going to uh, pledge allegiance to a certain faction one day or another. And when it does, it's going to be like, damn. Like, for instance, QT Marshall. I didn't give two fucks about QT Marshall when he was, like, the Nightmare Family. But now that he broke away, by God, I, th- I, I like QT Marshall. I think he's great. He, he looks like a mob boss now. <laughs> he's lost his fucking mind. QT Marshall was the most blandest wrestler with no personality who got fucked over by the bunny and just took it. You know, he, he Like someone sh- shat on his fucking like, chest, just took it. Now he's like a fucking mob boss now. It, it, it gathered interest in me. So these faction things, whatever, it's not going to be like, you know, here and there. It's going to be a point going forward. They had to slowly build towards these factions and faction warfare is going to be, be going forward. And you'll see it come, you know, come to fruition with the men. And guess what? The women are slowly doing it too. And you'll see here next couple of weeks. All right. Okay. I'm just, hey, if it, I mean, if it, if it keeps going, it keeps going. Or if they move on to something else, I just hope that, I just hope that when it comes, I just hope it lives up to the hype and the right team wins. Um, that's all I'm going to say. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the AEW Women's Championship. Hikaru Shida defends the title against Ty Conti with the Dark Order. You're saying my girlfriend, Hikaru Shida, was fighting against Ty Conte. Benny, I got to say this. I'm not sure why WWE ever released Ty Conte. I don't know how NXT decided to let go of her. I don't know why they did. It's a loss for them because, by God, this is one of the best. And I've seen a lot of good wrestling matches from the women this year. We've had some good and a whole bunch of misses. By God, this was such an amazing match for free TV. Ty Conte of the Dark Order versus Akira Shida. By God, this thing was amazing. This was a woman's wrestling match equal of the girls we have. Um, I would have to say NXT and, you know, forbid me saying, even Impact. This was one of the best televised women's matches we've had in quite some time. I agree 100%. I I was watching the I was I was watching this match and I went and I thought to myself this is the equivalent of an NXT women's match like this is this, the women are starting to get it now and that's what I'm liking about this and it's like I look at Sheeta and I go finally a Japanese wrestler who doesn't piss me off like she's one of the few there's like because there's this other Japanese girl who debuted on NXT this week, and I'm not I'm 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 willing to give her a chance because she looks really good. But she does like the only Japanese wrestler I watch that doesn't annoy me, doesn't piss me off, knows how to sell, knows how to work, does strong style stuff, but paces it. Like Sheeta is amazing, but at the same time, I do think she's getting to a point where it's it's time to drop the title. 
Uh, I completely agree. And the thing is, like, I hate singing about my girl. I yeah. love you, you guys. Know my fond love of Miss Sheeta. Um, she's been currently champion for about three hundred and uh, thirty six, thirty seven days. Um, so she is, you know, she's top of her game. She's been champion. She's the longest reigning champion that we've had. Thank God, because uh, Riho was a fucking nightmare. Oh God, uh, Nala Rose. She's a beast, but I didn't really, I didn't really. I love the heels. You know, I love the heels, and yes. I know she does. You know, she's a face, but the thing is, I just fucking love Sheeta because Sheeta, when she wasn't champion, she carries up like a champion. So when she won a championship, it just put two and two together. Ty Conte in this match, she had so many near falls. I thought she had a match one on two different occasions. I was so excited, I was like, oh my God, she's got this, she's got this, and she came. Within a, a pubic hair of winning. It was so close. It was amazing. Now, obviously, you know, my girl, she does, she won a match, which brought Britt Baker, and God knows Britt Baker. As long as I was like, dude, she's gonna be a star. Just give her time. Just give her time. The promos are getting better. Her match is getting better. A couple weeks ago, she had a match um, when she fought against, um, what's her name? Uh, Thunder Rosa. She had like that hardcore match, which elevated her to new levels. New levels. Britt Baker came and attacked afterwards. Um, she revealed that she was now the number one ranked contender in the women's division, and she's going to have her chance to face against Sheeta at the next pay-per-view. Tell me, what are your thoughts about Britt Baker from the time when we first started talking about her, which we said talent doesn't carry over by fucking them. Now, Britt Baker, whole new level. What are your thoughts about Britt Baker as we currently stand right now? Wrestling-wise, she has gotten so much better. Oh my God, so, so much, much better. better. And, you know, like I said, I think the she, she's she, the promos are, are starting to improve. And like yes. I said, she just gets a little bit better with the promos. She's got something, but she is... Right now, I would say, I look at the women, I see her as the top heel, hands Absolutely. down. She is the top heel. Uh, she's, 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 not, and she's not annoying. It's like before she was annoying. Like yeah. she, got in your, she really like, she made you grit her teeth. I know she's a dentist, but she made me grit my teeth before. I'm like, dude, Britt, you're better than this. Where is like, you, you see, like, it's so weird when you can sit there and look at somebody and say, you're better than this. And the thing is, I don't know Britt. I don't know her at all. I don't know her from anybody else. I, I go down the street and take my dog for a walk and see somebody and say, oh, I know that person. They were really capable of more. But Brit, for some reason, I knew Brit. I'm like, Brit, you know better. Do better. You know what? Your soul time. You know what would have been really hilarious right now? What's that? If you just said, I don't know her from Adam. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. You had the I perfect chance to say this. Like, I don't know her from Adam. <laughs> I don't know her from Adam Cole, baby. No, exactly. but the thing is, like, you know, see the transition. And the thing is, like, we talked about it for months. How are you not there yet? You're right there. Like, she, like, we know what she was going for. She was trying so hard. I think what happened was, I think she stopped trying and she started doing. And that's it's such a monumental mindset to be in. Where you're going from like trying to be this person to actual being it. And that's what I love about this. The character development. It's always like watching a TV show when you watch like the, pro the protagonist, you know, first be this character that are like, you know, they're pussies or, you know, they're trying to be something that they're not or whatever. And then eventually through time, they evolve and change. And the evolution of Britt Baker from when we first saw her uh, when um, Dynamite first started, I was like, oh, God, she's got the potential. Man, she's right. She's it's like you could see it like she she wanted to get there and she didn't know how how to how to, how to um, put that into our TV screens and say, hey guys, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. We saw it, but it wasn't transpiring in our TV screens. And with time, she learned to slow down and like stop trying and just doing it. 
And once she did it, I'm like, my God, she's on fire now. She's done. Like, this girl is going to be the biggest thing ever. And once she wins as a heel, it's going to be great. She's going to get her championship. She can do whatever. And she's going to be like that bitch of a fucking Britt Baker that we all know that she's capable of being. But imagine Britt Baker as a heel getting all this heat and becoming champion. Wait for the day when she turns to be a face. Oh my God. It's oh, gonna yeah. be crazy. So Britt Baker has so much upside. I'm so excited for her because listen, Sheeta, she's a great wrestler. She is awesome. She's good in the mic. She's a great wrestler. But the thing is, I can't see Sheeta being a heel, which is hard for me to say because I think she's so talented in so many ways. But at the same time, I can't see the point where I see Sheeta becoming a heel. I think she'll have a hard time doing it, though, and then she's going to fall through the ranks, too, because she can't transpire that hate and negativity unless she does a complete transfer of her character. Baker, with the current character she has right now, she could be both a face and a heel, and, and eventually she could turn it on a whim like Chris Jericho. Eventually it's going to get there. But right now, Britt Baker is the best thing on TV when it comes to wrestling, when it comes to women, and when it comes to character development. I am so behind Britt Baker. I hope that, I can't believe I'm saying it, I hope that she, breed, she beats Sheeta for a championship and bring some goddamn prestige because Sheeta as a face brings prestige at the table, but Britt Baker being a heel will add so much fucking more. That added little layer needed. Yeah. Right now, currently in AEW, there are only three women's champions. There's only three. Rio obviously yeah. was the first. Nyla Rose is the second. Sheeta's the third. Since ever since Sheeta beat Nyla, uh, ever since she won the title at last year's Double or Nothing, she has been champ for a year. She Brilliant. she will ne- when we, when she enters Double or Nothing next month, she will have been champ for a year. And I'm and I'm gonna make the bold statement right now: Double or Nothing, 2021. Britt needs to take the title. Baker needs oh, to take the title. That's not a shocker. That's 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 not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, it's term. Yeah. And it's not even, and that's not an insult. That is just a fact of life. Britt Baker I, needs that title. I love Sheeta, but the thing is, like, it's time for her to move on. Yeah. I think she's getting something else, whatever. But the thing is, I'm not taking anything away. But, um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that one. So I'm going to go to the next segment, Vinny. I'm, I'm going to transition from this one. Next, we get a segment from Miro. Yes. Miro is the best. Miro's, Miro's number, number one. one. This is the Miro I need in my life. This is the Miro promo that I need in my life. This is the Miro personality that I need in AEW. Coming in, being the best man for Kip Sabian. Fuck Kip Sabian. Kip, Miro was backstage and he said, it's another week and there's no Kip. Miro said, nothing will keep him from his destiny. You got a title, you got a problem. The real question is, which champion do I beat first? Ladies and gentlemen, that motherfucker better take that TNT championship because Miro is coming after your gold. We got some gold. You hear the glass, it's your ass. I'm just saying. Exactly. And this, this is what I needed from Miro. The whole gamer thing, the whole fucking thing, whatever. No, I didn't need that shit. I'm glad we know that you like video games. I'm gonna, I'll follow you on Twitch. But that's not what I wanted to see for my Miro. He got released. He got brought to EW. You got wronged. You did your angle wrong when you first came in. And you know what, though? It happens. People make mistakes. People sit there and relate. This person, whatever. But you know what, though? The time for being friends with people are done. You have plenty of time to be friends with anybody on screen. Now it's time to get what's yours. You didn't get in WWE. You had some accolades. You had Alana. Had some titles behind you, some big WrestleMania matches with great entrances. You didn't get the championship you so sought after. TNT Championship might be the IC title of, T- of uh, AEW. Eventually, you're going to get the World Championship, baby. And this is the way you started off. You set the fire. And Miro set the world of fire with that promo to let you know that he is coming after you. He's coming for that gold. He's coming for the TNT Championships. It puts all the champions on notice. Hey, by the way, you got gold around your waist? Yeah, I'm coming for you, bub. Yep, that's exactly what that did, and I I loved it. Finally, 
Um, I, this is the mural we need to see. And uh, you, you said it perfectly. Like, I, I don't feel like I need to add anything there other than I hope Miro keeps his momentum going. I hope he doesn't uh, revert back. And I hope the, the video, I hope the video game thing is behind them. I get it. You, you made your point. WWE has a fucked up third party policy. We get it. Now it's time for Miro to be a badass and yeah, take the TNT championship. Just he needs Any to be the guy. But I, I think it's too, I think it's too early to go for the world championship. Way too I early. Should go over, I don't think you should go for Kenny Omega. I think Darby Allen's probably going to be the best bet. And I hope you go after him. I, w- I hope you take out Kip Sabian. I hope that the fact that Kip Sabian hasn't been on TV is because of Miro. Miro, yeah. Miro is just like this delusional person. He took out, he took out Kip. Kip Kim comes back and says, yeah, I was off TV because of Miro whooped my ass or he jumped me or he had me tied up somewhere in a basement somewhere. He wouldn't let me on the TV for a while. Whoops the brakes of a Kip Sabian and puts the whole roster notice. I hope he starts from the bottom. I hope he starts off with, um, I don't give a fuck, Peter Avalon, right? Yeah. Starts, starts with Peter, Peter Avalon. Then he goes through Brandon Cutler, you know? Then I hope he goes through uh, the Varsity Blondes. You know the you know Pillman and um, uh, Griff Garrison. You know then I hope he goes through the best friends. You know one by one, just what this dissecting every single one of them in that record up. He goes through Scorpio Sky. He goes through uh, ego, uh, ego um, all ego Ethan Page. I hope he goes through all these people. Powerhouse Hobbs. Well, I hope he goes over Ricky Starks, and then he gets a chance to fight against Darby Allen, and he starts beating the brakes everybody else. And get and be the monster that we all wanted to see when he first came out. Our, our my idea of what Mir was supposed to be when he first came to AW was completely different. It was everybody else's too. But now he's finally woken up. He's not playing his games anymore. He's pressing pause. He's saving his game right now. And now it's time to fucking lay the lay down on AEW. And by God, I am excited for it. Me too. And on that note, we move on to the next segment here. We got Tony Schiavone in the ring with the inner circle. And they're talking about blood and guts on May 5th, live on Dynamite. Jericho said blood and guts is going to be one of the most violent, brutal matches ever. He said the trail of tears began last week when Iron Mike Tyson knocked out Cash Wheeler. Jake Hager said he had straws for all the members of the Pinnacle so they could suck up their food after the inner circle was finished with them. Santana said May 5th they were going to see the size of Pinnacle's heart because they already saw the color of their blood. Jericho said he believes that MJF still thinks he's singing show tunes on the Rosie O'Donnell show. Jericho said it's fun to make fun about the Pinnacle, but blood and guts will be a lesson in violence that no one will ever forget. Jericho said we're crazier than you, MJF, and you know it. You know, I gotta say something. I, I gotta throw back something to what Jake Hager said. It's so funny. He said, like, he's gonna have uh, straws for him because he's gonna have them, like, eating out of it. Jake Hagar is so underrated when it comes to promos because the thing is, like, he's not a promo guy. He's not at all. I literally died laughing when he said, like, he's gonna get him straws. I'm not sure what it was, but it was his delivery. You know, when he, like, so if I was to tell you a joke, you know, like, when we do jokes because we, we're off air, I call you all the time at work, whatever. And I, I tell you jokes, whatever, some, from time to time. But when you have a delivery about what you say things, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Jake Hagar, he's he's a no-nonsense guy. Him saying that he's going to get them all straws or whatever because um, it's like their food through a fucking straw. I'm not yeah. sure why, but that resonated with it so much. I fucking cracked my ass off so bad. I was like, dude, Jake Hagar, you are he's not the he's not my favorite promo guy. He's not even my favorite person in a wrestling ring. But for some reason, when he's in an inner circle, so funny. Remember, remember that segment with Jericho and Hagar when he, um, Jericho couldn't say he was sorry? So Jake Hagar kept saying it? Yes. It's that kind of, it's, it's that kind of timing that um, Jake Hagar had in this segment. It was a... 
like I put the two and two together. I'm like, oh my god, JKR is a national treasure. It was that kind of level of being serious, but like kind of being funny too. It was like it was nonsensical. It was funny to hear because he's the no nonsense guy, but he was it was like almost like a comedy delivery, but it wasn't. I thought it was perfect. Um uh Santana's saying like uh he goes like I'm gonna make you my bitch, whatever. You know what happens in wrestling. When someone says, I'm going to make you my bitch, it's always a funny thing. It's like, oh, shit, this shit's serious now. We just call him a bitch. Oh, no. Exactly. And usually in WWE, it gets a loud pop because they're not really allowed to curse much. Um, in That's AEW, true. they say everything. Hell, Jericho spent the whole promo referring to MJF as his jerk-off friend. So on TNT, it doesn't have quite as much of a hit because they cuss all the time. Like, like for example, just recently on Raw, Asuka called Charlotte a bitch and the crowd went fucking nuts because you never heard Oscar say that. And, you know, so it, 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 it works because when you don't hear somebody cuss often, but uh, an AEW didn't have quite the same hit, but I still enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't really yeah, feel that. Yeah, I mean, like, what, like you, you know what they say sometimes, less and less is more. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I mean, like, when they, when they let it flow freely, and then I guess it, it draws back to your point of saying, like, why are you having these huge matches on TV? Um, I just think, like, AEW um, really care about their fans and the fact that, like, you should just have, like, mediocre TV on TV um they're actually bringing something new to the table so i'm um, having a pay-per-view quality match on a tv is not so bad but with the with the words they use whatever they should probably dial it back a bit it's like the same thing with orange cassidy you can't keep having that shtick where like he's doing his shin kicks all the time you need to dial it back bring it back just a moment let them yearn for it and when you hear it you get the pot i mean it's just it's wrestling 101 but the young company we're all gonna learn from it and eventually this company's gonna be better than raw in two weeks <laughs> Wow, two weeks. But either way, um, well, they're definitely May fifth. They're definitely gonna have everybody's attention. Uh, I know. Um, at the very least, I'll be watching the blood and guts match if I don't watch nothing else on the show. Um, but on that note, we do move on to the next match of the evening. We talked a little bit about this guy earlier, but I think we're gonna spend more time talking about the opponent. And as of course, we're talking about QT Marshall with the Factory versus Billy Gunn. Oh my God, I have to say, I had Billy go to my fucking TV. I'm a happy little camper. I love Billy Gunn. You, you know that. I've been talking. I've been talking this praises for years. I love Billy Gunn. Yes. Um. When he was in, when he was in uh the New Age Outlaws. When he was in DX. Um. Um. You know when he was even Chicken Billy. I loved him in that. I just love Billy Gunn. He's such a great wrestler. He looks like he hasn't aged since the day I saw him in New Age Outlaws. He has not aged one fucking day. I don't get it. Is he? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna follow Billy Gunn. I sent a message to say, Billy, what the fuck are you doing to keep yourself so young? Because that guy does not has not missed a move. That guy has not missed a note. This match was so good. And I think about QT Marshall. QT Marshall, the person I thought was the most boring person, even more boring than anybody else on that fucking roster. I I, I am I'm gonna say it, bold statement, but I'm loving the factory, and I'll say it out loud. I like QT Marshall. I never thought I never thought in 2021 I'd, I'd, I'd hear myself say that, but I'd like QT Marshall. I think now he's got a personality. He's a mob boss with the factory with Aaron Sarlo and Nick Camarado. I don't know what happened, but something maybe connect with QT Marshall. He's sick and tired of being sick, and, and it, it's a stupid storyline. It's a stupid setup. But to me, I felt for QT Marshall, and now he's finally getting what's his, and it's awesome. He's starting a new faction with young and up and comers. Aaron Sarlo. Nothing to wave at, right? Nick Camarado, he's a big motherfucker. And these guys being enforcers, being part of the factory, with being under the guise of QT Marshall, dude, I'm loving QT Marshall now. I never thought I'd hear myself say that. 
a year ago. Here I am, 2021, April 24th, doing a podcast with Vinny Bucci on the Boochcast, and I am a fan of QT Marshall now. I can't believe it. Dude, I mean, uh, I'm still kind of eh with QT Marshall. Like, I mean, I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm a, a fan. I like a little bit of what's going on. I will say that. But at the same time, um, I'm just glad to see Billy Gunn, you know, getting a chance to work in a ring. I, I still believe that, you know, he, I, I believe he can still go. I believe he's a big star. The, the man needs some gold around his waist. I really do believe that just to kind of give that star power a little bit of oomph because everybody's talking about, you know, you know, Jericho is here and everyone's talking about Christian signed and the big shows here and, you know, Sting's back and I'm happy they're all here, but I'm like, y'all are sleeping on Billy Gunn. This man can actually, I think he's a, I think right now physically he can work better than all of them. Like he can still go. Some of these guys, they can go, but only under certain circumstances. Billy Gunger work a full blown match. I think they really need to start doing more with him. I agree, but you know, you know the thing is, like, I love the selflessness of Billy Gunn. He's not there for his spotlight. His spotlight has come and gone. He understands it. Don't be wrong. If he wanted it, he'd get it. I'm not sure if he knows it. The thing is, he's selfless. He's not there for him. He knows he had his time in WWE. Should have been champion bear. We all agree with it. We all talked about we have many discussions about Billy Gunn and how much we love him. He's selfless. Selfless of the fact that he would sit there and put other, other people over, try to get his son into the wrestling business, behind stage to get where AEW is supposed to be at. Billy Gunn, in my opinion, is a great man, a great wrestler, and a great commodity to AEW for the fact that he's not trying to get himself over. He was a big deal back in WWE, comes to AEW, and tries to make the best of his time to teach young folks how to wrestle, how to get over, and make sure everybody has a better grasp of what wrestling is supposed to be at. I think... Within the next year, the people who are under his tutelage, because if you think Billy Gunn's going to sleep with only a son when it comes, don't sleep on Billy Gunn. He's got a son with him. But if you think Billy Gunn is not going to have a faction of his own, you're sadly mistaken. AEW is going to route up factions. That's going to be faction warfare through and through. You don't think Billy Gunn's going to have a faction of his own? Only having his sons on there? No, 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 no. Don't sleep on Billy Gunn. He fought this match, and I popped like a motherfucker. But if you think Billy Gunn doesn't have a, a trick up his sleeve to get some more people underneath him to join over his team, his faction, it's going to happen. And when it does, we're all going to pop together, folks, because we all love Billy Gunn. Oh, yeah. He is the one. I'm an ass man. Yeah. I'm an ass man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Billy Gunn. He's awesome. Look at all I've got. Not to make a blind uh, man see everything you wish well, you had. But God gave it all oh, to me. You see that? You see that? I mean, uh, we all seen the song. We all know it. Oh, yeah. So good. That was great. Like, like he, 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 for a brief moment, he had a whole new gimmick separate from Mr. Ass and still pulled it off. He's had three different, well, four different gimmicks and he pulled them all off. Yeah, every single one of them. The thing is, like, most wrestlers, when they're given a bad gimmick, go away. Give him a gimmick, he'll make a run. He could run for a long time. He was given a gay couple gimmick. He wasn't gay. No, no was Chuck Palumbo. Chuck Palumbo was a motorcycle riding bastard. He was given that. What happened? He made it fucking work. It should have been a disaster. Even any other two superstars given that gimmick, it would have failed. Billy Gunn is just a fucking amazing. So, um, but how does this match end? Do you know? What was the finisher, Vinny? What was the finisher? How Ooh. did it end? It was, I believe we had, uh, QT Marshall with the diamond cutter? I was I think he had some type of roll-up move. You're right. He tried to go for a diamond cutter just to be a dick. Yes. QT Marshall, the small little things to make it fucking happen. Yep, he eventually hit the diamond cutter and that he tried to hit a diamond cutter. No, Billy Gunn went for a famous sir. 
then then of course uh then he went for a diamond cutter countered that and then eventually QT hit another diamond cutter after a few exchanges and then won the match and then Dustin Rhodes came out with a bull rope and attacked uh, QT and then he picked up this like wooden folding chair why the and... bull rope why the bull rope Dustin are you trying to do a bull rope match are you trying to do a four quarters match with QT I really want to go that route with QT Marshall QT Marshall is an unleashed beast right now he what? is an uncaged animal right now. well I think that's really that's, I think it's like a Rhodes thing because Dusty used to do the bull rope matches and have the bell and everything. So I think he was just doing it. I think it's just a Rhodes thing to do, except Cody's the only one not doing it. I think it's going to bite him in the ass. I think they're going to have a bull rope match. And when they do, the QT Marshall is going to beat the brakes up of Dustin, which is going to bring Cody out to defend his brother. That, that's, that's, that's where I'm seeing it. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. And then, uh, then of course, this Nick Camarado guy jumps in the ring. Dustin hits him with the chair, and the guy doesn't budge. Which yeah, they not sold it. Yeah, so basically you're sitting there going, okay, I hope a I hope a metal chair does something to you at least. Yeah, pretty much. And then on that note, we cut to the elite, um, in their. Private- say, say it right. The elite. The the, the, the elite. elite. Break it down. The elite. The the elite. We're showing in the private trailer with the private cameraman. Yep, Brandon Cutler, two contract Cutler. And then we see uh, color. and then we got impacts. Uh, Dum Don Callis says there's never been an assembly of talent. Say that correctly. Say it correctly. Put some respect to that name. Okay. Impacts on Callis, the greatest <laughs> manager of all time. Yes. Backstage. Go ahead. And for the ECW fans out there, he was Cyrus the Virus, the leader of the network. And the, the little, just a little throwback there. Uh, Impact's Don Callis said, there's never been an assembly of talent like this and that Kenny Omega is about to be the Impact World Champ. Oh, dear God. Whoop. <sighs> Matt Jackson said they were responsible for all elite wrestling. Oh, so I have you to blame. Uh, Matt Jackson said John Moxley and Eddie Kingston should come and find them. A car horn started beeping outside the trailer, interrupting Kenny Omega. What is out there? Asked Omega. Moxley was behind the wheel of a pickup truck. Kingston was riding shotgun. They broadsided the Elite's trailer with the truck. They got out of the truck, and, Mo- and Moxley smashed the, tra- the trailer's windows with a pipe. Kingston and Moss climbed in the trailer, but the Elite were nowhere to be found. So much for the Elite. See ya, said Tony Schiavone. You screw up, Moxley. You're asking for trouble, added Jim Ross. Well, let me just say this. Ensemble of the Elite at the current moment, all the stars have aligned. Katie Omega is champion. Great heel champion. You have the Young Bucks. Can't pull up a face. Uh, they can't be faces to save their fucking life, but goddamn, they're greatest fucking heels. Under the toolage of Don Callis, making him see you are the true champions. If you guys are champions, fucking act like it. You're going to be the champions of the young, young bucks. You're going to be like you were a long time ago. Don Callis finally showed him the way. He is a calculating, manipulative asshole. It's like that uh, sensei in Cobra Kai, that old asshole from the old Cobra Kai days. That's Don Callis. Came back together, Cobra Kai, to make it perfect. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, I thought it was a good segment. The segment was really even better when you saw John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And by God, I fucking love those two together. Those guys have so much chemistry together. They remind me of the uh, like. Remember when you first saw the Generation X on TV? It reminds me of Moxley and uh, Kingston, but in more true fashion. It like it's got that new kind of feel, that that fun, new, invigorating kind of like. This is new. This is fun. This is what we're doing. We're going to ram our truck into a fucking the Elite trailer. Now, why would you run your truck into a trailer? I have no fucking idea, but it was fun, right? You get to see the personalities of uh, John Moxley hanging out with Eddie Kingston because they're buddy buddies. 
And this is like the best group. I I love these two together. Wouldn't you agree? Um, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think they're fantastic. It's just fun. It's invigorating because like Moxley was always like this lone wolf, you know, always going alone. And he was champion for a while because you know Moxley sold, you know, he deserved it. He's a top name. Uh, he was badass. Um, he had a great winning record. He won a championship. He did fantastic things for the championship, but even you're champion for a while, you can only hold a championship for so long before before it comes stale and you have to do something else. Oxley making the best of his time as champion, transitioning to going against Eddie Kingston, then going against, you know, like doing like the um that horrible pay-per-view we saw with the C4 match against yeah. King Omega. Yeah. But now tagging and now tagging up Eddie Kingston. This is a good transition. He's so smart and so so methodical in the way he's preserving his character. Going from being a singles tag uh, a singles character being a lone wolf to tagging with seems to be his best friend because he, he 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 feuded with his best friend for a while now it's tagging with him because they have so much mutual respect because i guess when you get in a fight with somebody you become friends with them well and moxley you no know, you know they grew up in this they, they grew up in the same um division and then like an obw and all these different places and now it's like let's rekindle this and make it better and it is it's fantastic it's, 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 I think it's great for Moxie's character. It really is. And what makes it work is the fact that they explain the storyline perfectly. You know, Eddie Kingston desperately wanted to be the champion. Like, I want to be the champ. I want to be number one. I want to be the best. So I got to beat you. And he, you know, they, it got, and it got real personal. Like, Moxley got very uh, emotional in the feud with Eddie Kingston. And you never saw Mox get emotional against anybody. Like, anybody else he feuded with. And AEW, so it showed there was history. They talked about, you know, being at his house, saying grace, sitting at a dinner table with his mom, like her being brought into the conversation. Like they made it personal, you know, they definitely made it personal. And that's what made it so great. It was a personal feud, it was a personal moment. And they were able to take that rivalry and then turn it into a friendship where it's like, all right, I got it out of my system. And I couldn't get the job done. And Eddie Kingston did that. Like, he came out the next night, and even as a badass, he looked good in defeat. Because Eddie Kingston's gift is he can cut a promo on anything. Like, literally on Being the Elite, they actually have a skit where they will hand something to Eddie Kingston, an inanimate object, and he cuts a promo on that object. He was handed a bag of Sour Patch Kids, and he cut and a serious, not even a comedic, a serious promo on fucking Sour Patch Kids. That's brilliant to me. And so when they finally did come back and make the friendship work, it was like, all right, yeah, we had a fight. You know, we're friends. We're brothers. We fight. You know, we got out of our system. Now we're a team again. And what makes it work is it gives Moxley a reason to chase another title, and it should be the tag belts. I think that um, I don't know if it should happen at double or nothing, but if not a double or nothing, definitely all out. Uh, we need to see Moxley and Eddie Kingston, I think, should be the AEW World Tag Team Champions. When it's time to take them off the bucks, make them the champs. Or I agree. I agree. I, I, I agree completely because the thing is, like, right now they're building up for that. They're, they're going against the elite. So if they're going as a tag team, they're not coming after Kenny Omega. Yeah, they're going to beat up Kenny Omega from time to time. At the same time, like, wouldn't it be better to take the championship of those smug assholes? Now, I don't think it's going to be the first pay-per-view coming next month. I think it's going to be at the one after that. So, it's I mean, I think what you're saying is right. It's, it's going to build some time. 
like that match really nice whatever get some good segments in some good tv time little promos here and there and i think it's gonna be great yeah and i would say this that th there's two options if they just i think they should be the aw world tag team champions but if they got a plan with the bucks and you want to drive this out even longer since you got basically guys jumping to each promotion you you can have the other option is have them beat the good brothers and send moxley and kingston to impact for a while if you want to do that one of the two needs to happen well, I don't think the Good Brothers have the, the Impact tag titles right now. They lost it. They lost it. Yeah, they don't. They're not tag team champions anymore in Impact. No. Really? Yeah. I did. I did not know. In that case, they need to beat the Bucks. Then uh, here's what I would do: have them face. Here's what you do. Next month is Double or Nothing. At Double or Nothing, you have Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus the Good Brothers. You have mm -hmm. them beat the Good Brothers, and then as a result, they can eventually. You know, then you build something up. I don't know where they're at in the rankings. Obviously, we're going to talk about the rankings at moment momentarily. But at, what you do is get them to all out, and then at all out, they challenge the Bucks, they beat the Bucks, and walk out with titles. Unless you want to do it at full gear, either you could you could build it to full gear if you want. I'd say that. I take it back. Let them go to full gear and take the tag belts there. Right now, in, in Impact, I think that the tag team champions is Finn Juice. It's David Finley and Juice Robinson. You remember Juice Robinson, right? Uh. Should I remember remember Kevin Owens' first match? Remember like there was a guy in NXT who was like um it was Juice Robinson, but like remember when Kevin Owens like uh did a fist, whatever he made someone bleed? Like he was like the earth friendly guy with the dreads, whatever. Oh he was CJ Parker. CJ Parker Fuck, is I Juice Robinson. I remember that guy now. Okay. Yeah, yeah I kind of like CJ Parker. Yeah, CJ Parker was great. But then, like, when he got fired from NXT, he went to New Japan. I think David Finley, if I'm mistaken, David Finley is actually related to uh, Fit Finley. I think it's his son. Really? Yeah. They're going to look here. David Finley. Yes, Fit Finley is his father. Yeah. He's Fit Finley's son. Okay. They're called Fin Juice, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I like yeah, that. I mean, but don't get me wrong. There is there is an Impact pay per view tomorrow, and the Good Brothers are fighting for those championships tomorrow. We're talking okay. recordings. All right. Well, okay. Well, I'll say this: if 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 at that pay per view the Good Brothers win the belts back, you could have Moxie and Kingston beat them for those titles. If you don't want to take them off the Bucks for a while, but if the Good Brothers don't have the Impact Tag Team titles, then at Double or Nothing, they need to beat the Good Brothers, and then you go to full gear. And you have them, and you have them beat the Bucks and make John Mox and Eddie Kingston your new tag team champions. Because I feel like as a team, they are insanely over, and with everything that's going down, they have to beat the Bucks. The Bucks cannot retain against them because that'll kill the team right there. That's true. Well, even better, it was like if Finn Juice were to lose. I mean, if Finn, yeah, you're right. If Finn Juice was to lose the tag team titles, well, I mean, it's kind of early because they just got the titles. Um, but let's say they lose to the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers lose to John Moxley and um, what's it called? And um, Eddie Kingston. Ah, what's his name again? Uh, Eddie Kingston, whatever. So it's champion versus champion against the Young Bucks. I think that'd be so great. They won the championships from TNA or from Impact. And once they won the TNA champ, and once they won the uh, AEW Tag Team Championships, they forfeit their titles from Impact just because. Okay, I can see that. And. Uh... I think that'd be a great way to do it. And on that note, uh, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We have Christian Cage Christian! versus Christian! Finally, you're on your own. Sorry. No, it's all right. We have Christian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs. And this is such good booking. You got the veteran versus the rookie. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Christian Cage. 
And when they say Christian Cage could outwork everybody, by God, he can. He is so fucking great. I don't like him this much when he like I liked him when he was in TNA. I don't really care for him in AWE because WWE didn't do him right. But by God, he's only had one match versus Kazarian. I think that match versus Kazarian was so fucking good. I did not know how good Christian Cage was until I saw him on here. The way his his finisher is. The way he moves in the ring, I don't know what it is. He seemed like a young Christian, but had the experience of a veteran, which was proficient. Now, don't be wrong. Powerhouse Hobbs, he's stacked like a fucking shit brick house, right? He uses power. He uses offense at the first, at the early goings. Of course, you had Christian being like the hero in peril type thing, though. But he was so smooth in his fucking match. Now, I wasn't always a good a big fan of Christian Cage. I wasn't. I'm not going to say I was. I'm going to sit there and lie to everybody else and say I was a big fan of Christian Cage, but my God, hope I see more of this Christian Cage guy. He's got a bright future. I'm just going to say. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Uh, and, I, and I like Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, I think he's really great. I think he's got great momentum. I think him being on Team Taz, it's good. I just wish Powerhouse powerhouse Hobbs did a lot more in a microphone because i saw the interview they had on aw unrestricted with um aubrey edwards and um tony shivani he's great on the mic i mean talking about his history um how he grew up and how he got into wrestling and you know all the transition all the things he had done he's very smooth on the mic when he's on tv he seems like a fucking like you know this big uh neanderthal who's just a big monster but he's he's a really good storyteller um his pace is easy to, easy to follow, and I understand why they have to give him this gimmick where he doesn't talk and he's just like this menacing monster. Don't get me wrong, we all like menacing monsters from time to time, but I want to get behind you. Tell me your story. Say something. Tell me, don't just say I'm going to beat this guy's ass from ring post to ring post and you're going to wish you called your mother after the match was done. Don't tell me that. Powerhouse Hobbs is like a big E before Big E had a mouthpiece to talk to. Back when he had like um, Ziggler and... Um, CM Punk's wife, what's her name again? AJ Lee. Yeah. You know, Big E was just like a big menacing guy, whatever. I think it might be at early stages, but I could see the potential powerhouse Hobbs being the big E of AEW. I know it's a hot take, but I see big things for powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. This dude is a badass. He's proving it every week, and yes. he's very, very good at what he does. So I just wish to give him a mic. I wish to give him a mic because he's got so much personality. I watch a couple of things with him because I, I, I mean, when I first saw, you know how, you know how I am. I'm, I'm a wrestling nerd. I, we talk on a daily basis. I watch video. I mean, I go to work. I still work, whatever. But I listen to interviews of people I don't know. You know, like Ricky Stark. I watched so much stuff about him. I was like, oh my god, this guy's prolific. This guy's great. Carlos Hobbs. Dude, that guy's so great. He's a great storyteller. He can tell a story, him being himself, and the personality, his personality is not being presented to us in the best light under the toolage of Team Taz. Taz, he was great in ACW, but it's good the fact that he's bringing some notoriety to these people, but the thing is, Taz can't talk. He can talk a little bit, but he's, he's not a person that can sit there and narrate and paint a picture the interview i heard with unrestricted with powerhouse hobbs with audrey edwards and uh, tony shivani it's like my god this guy is great he could talk why don't you give him a microphone put it in front of him don't have him have this menacing look have him be himself and i think once he breaks away from team taz as well he's gonna be some big things still kind of green wrestling's good god just give him just just Give him two minutes and don't give me that you know, straight look into the camera don't blink and being a menacing guys be a badass but show some personality. Let me get invested with you because you're not letting me in, Powerhouse. I call him Powerhouse. Powerhouse, you're not inviting me in. You're not letting me engage in what you are. You're a big menacing guy. We've seen it a million times, but you got the wall up. And until you break that wall down, in order for me to get engaged, I can't get engaged into you until you show me on TV. And you need to show the world that because Powerhouse Hops can be bigger, a big E, 
and even better because you're unscripted. You can do what you want on TV. Make it happen. Get some confidence. Make it happen because you're going to be great. Yes. Let me in. And, Let me in. <laughs> and of course, um, you know, like I said, it was a great match. Hobbs definitely showing a lot of skill. Christian showing he still got it. And then, of course, after that, we catch a highlight package uh, with Jade Cargill, who said... Wait, every- wait, wait, wait. I, w- I want to add one last thing about this match. Christian Cage, he won the match with a victory on, on a kill switch. Do you see how fast Christian hit this kill switch? Yeah. Now, in w- let, me, let me show you the difference. Let me tell you the difference between a kill switch in WWE and a kill switch in any other promotion. When Christian hit the kill switch in TNA, it was fast. For some reason, they made it so slow in WWE that it was easy to counter, right? For some reason, he's doing it quicker in AEW, and it looks amazing. It's like the, the fluidity of the way he does his finisher is way better than he did in fucking um, WWE. That's all I got to add to it. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Christian won, but the way he's hitting his finisher now is the way it was supposed to be done for years, but he never did it. And for some reason, it's clicking now. Maybe because he's a veteran, he understands like psychology more, but yeah. it's good. And also, you got to take into account, AEW does a lot more faster-paced wrestling. Like, you know, in WWE, right they, in WWE they do a lot of pacing. They want to make it seem like, you know, he's struggling to get it around and drop it instead of just making it quick. So, WWE has a different style. So, I think that's part of the reason. But either way, it looks good. And then, we have a highlight package that airs with Jade Cargill, who says, Every manager in AEW was looking to sign our talents. She said they better make her a hell of a deal. Jim Ross says she's money. He thinks of being her manager. Now remember, the key word she said was she said they better make they better make her a hell of a deal. Comes to mind as a manager for her. Um, I, I, I want to open the uh, the forbidden doors. I want you to use three promotions: Ring of Honor, Impact, and AEW. All the managers available. Who would make a hell of a deal for Ms. Cargill? Hmm. Well, I know Taz would be looking to sign somebody. Juan. Um. Trying to think who else would make her a deal because, uh, well, obviously, a hell of a deal, a hell of a deal. Um, uh, well, I know that Jericho has said uh, he's not really a manager, but I know that he's they talked about wanting to bring a female into the inner circle, so Jay might be it. It's 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 a it, they're, they're faces, they're excluded. That's right. Oh, sorry. Um, well, there's only one person in AEW other than TK who I know has a ton of money, and that's MJF. Maybe she joined the pinnacle. There's two people. Th- thank you. There's two groups, or there's a person in mind, and there's a group of mind. The pinnacle was a top because they are the pinnacle. Jade Cargill considers herself the pinnacle of women's wrestling. Now, is she there? I don't think so. But because of her mindset, she's there. Pinnacle would make a great addition to Car to Cargill, so that way if she holds a championship. MGF eventually win, a, you know, the world champion, and of course, like you know, FTR winning uh, the world tag team champion again. And- but like, you know, Sean Spears or Warlow winning a championship, they could be dripping in gold with that tag team or with that faction. Um, the only person that I could see that might be different that be starting from scratch, the only person that could make a hell of a deal would be James Mitchell from Impact. Wow. As the only person, and when she said hell of a deal, I'm like, is this a throwback? Is this an Easter egg that I'm supposed to be looking for? <laughs> Aside from James Mitchell, which he had, he did the wedding for Kip Sabian, which they have ties in with it. Yeah. Makes sense. But if I was to guess from AEW standpoint only, the Pinnacle would be the place to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I wouldn't put it past AEW to put to send out like Easter eggs. So uh, James Mitchell well, could be a possibility. Time, well, the same thing, maybe maybe even the Elite. I mean, the Elite, they're a heel faction too, so that kind of makes sense too in a way. Yeah, although she's I don't know. Egotistical. If- she's egotistical. 
she could be on the same playing level. But the thing is, like, would she would her personality match the elite? And I don't think it will match up in the elites. More so, saying it's more the pinnacle because they're all egotistical. I think because they're so like snotty about everything and they're homegrown on their own, it'd make, it'd make more sense. Well, except for Sean Spears and MGF, obviously. But at the same time, like they're also egotistical and so confident in their abilities. I think their personalities will flush more better than the elite. I'm thinking about it. I agree. That that would definitely work. And uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we move on to your main event of the evening for the TNT Championship. Darby Allen with Sting defends the title against Jungle Boy with Luchasaurus. The dinosaur and his boy. All right. I am going to say something right now. This was the most technical base wrestling match I've ever seen Darby Ma- Darby Allen in. I think this whole fruit, like his whole juncture of being in AEW. This was, I mean, it was, it wasn't just a, a flip flop, uh, whatever you call, what, what do you call those wrestlers who jump back and forth? Uh, flips. Spot monkeys. There we spot go. Spot monkey. Yeah. It, the ones it, you- was, it wasn't just, it wasn't just spot monkey, spot monkey, spot monkey. This was really a good match between the two because, don't get me wrong, there was some high-flying offense in it because, you know, Jungle Boy being as light as he is and Darby Allen being a high-flyer himself. Um, this was such a well-paced match being the main events. There were so many close calls in this match. I could have sworn Jungle Boy won it a couple of times, too, in this match. Darby Allen, I don't know how he keeps retaining. He does. But the thing is, it's not lost the fact that he won. It's the fact that what they put on the mats, the the canvas that they painted at night. Darby Allen and Jungle Boys, this was like a straight up, you know, tit for tat, wait for wait. I think it was a good match. Um, Jungle Boy, he continues to impress, fighting bigger than his body. And same thing with Darby Allen. This is such a technical affair. I loved it. It was so much fun to watch. I never had, I mean, for being a main event, which thank God, I mean, a TNT championship at the main event, it's not the first time, but seeing Darby Allen carry on the way he does, and this is like not your typical AW match, it was like high spot, high spot, high spot. This was a technical match, and it wasn't just high flying. They switched the script. They, they, they flipped the script, and I thought it was perfect. Yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, it was a very well done match, and um, you know, I like the fact that Darby made this a technical match and didn't just, uh, kill himself he's been doing lately like it was actually a very decently done match uh both guys looked good and at times it looked like jungle boy was gonna take the title and yeah i mean like it, it seemed like it seemed like you know he was gonna pull away so many times and then like given a live crowd this match would have popped the fucking roof off it's because of the popularity of just jungle boy himself and even darby allen for that matter and the thing is like it could have got any way the thing is if hypothetically jungle boy was to win a match crowd would have popped if darby allen won the crowd would have popped the more people we have in the audience the better and the thing is like this thing was no i like seeing people in the audience don't get me wrong i do full house this thing would have blew the fucking roof off i'm just saying i'm not saying it was like the most spectacular thing but it was a fun way to end the night now your champion is still tnt champion darby allen but you could not take anything away from jungle boy never sleeping that boy they, that guy is moving up he's had some prolific matches in the past couple months uh, he had a great match between Chris Jericho, which we all love so much. Um, I cannot wait till he breaks on his own. Um, Lucha Express have to they have to break up. They have they have to get rid of Marco Stunt. They have to get rid of um Luchasaurus has to become his own dinosaur, has to become his own man, has to be his own monster. We should see that. And it should happen soon enough. Yeah, exactly. I think we I think instead of being Jungle Boy, he just needs to be Jack Perry. I, I think that would be great, you know. I mean, even even the I think even the Jungle Boy um 
team itself himself is fine. Yeah, this is a change because he's, he's they already paid the rights for that song they do when he first comes out. Remember, remember like the whoa, 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 whoa like his interesting whatever. Yeah, get it alone. We'll get him over. I mean, that song itself is over just with him being Jungle Boy. Not to be Jack Perry. I mean, everybody knows you know Jungle Boy Jack Perry, but he needs to break out on his own. He doesn't need Lucha. He doesn't need Lucha, um, Jurassic Express. He doesn't need. He doesn't need Michael Stunt. He doesn't need Luchasaurus. Well, Luchasaurus should venture on his own. Jungle Boy should venture on his own. And I don't know what to. I don't know what to do with Michael Stunt. I'll tell, you exactly, I'll tell you exactly what you do. Let you, I know. you, you kick you you kick him out of the adults area. Stop making him play with. Stop putting the child around the adults. That's what, exactly what you do. Give the man a pink no, slip. The fact it. that he even has a contract is insulting. I find it very no, I insulting. Don't, I don't think so. I don't think. So. I don't think so. Like, listen, I'm I'm not a fan of Marco Stunt. You know that. I mean, I don't, I don't care for the guy. Um, but the thing is, like now, I think now it's time, like AEW, to fill to boister up their their rankings and um like their roster. They needed him. Now he's not a draw. I mean, don't get me wrong. People love jungle. People love Marco Stunt. You and I have different opinions, or you and I have different opinions of what the IWC thinks of Marco Stunt. A lot of people don't like him. A lot of people do love him. I don't know why. I don't think he's that great of a wrestler. Um, his size is too small, and I don't want to sound like the guy's like size matters, but in his case, it does. And um, I think now that we're having all these people being released from WWE, from Impact, from Ring of Honor, up and coming wrestlers. I think now it's time for TK to actually start doing the balance sheets and say, hey, man, I just don't have TV time for you. Unless you want to do elevation or just dark or just plain elevation, that's the only place for you, buddy. Yeah. Because we need to, we need to like actually, like we're actually getting good wrestlers in now. Um, you're always going to be an AW original. Nothing's ever going to take that away from you. Um, you're an all in the very first one. You're in the battle world. Thank you so much for that. Um, you stuck with us for so many years. Now we want to keep you on. You're not going to be dynamite material and you're not. I think dynamite should be for your top stars. Um, elevate, um, um, dark should be for your up and coming. And still, if you want to work yourself up the ranks, that's the thing about the rankings. You know, if you fight in a match, you know, if you do good, your rankings go up, but at the same time, you take that match and you take an L, then you work that you work, you'll work your way down the ranks. So that's currently where we're at. So Marco stunts, you know, thank you so much for the time you put into the TV. We, most of us won't, you know, we won't see you anymore. Um, but the thing is like, I don't think you should be fired. I mean, it's your livelihood, but you don't deserve a spot on dynamite. You might be a dark, you might be an elevation, you might be somewhere else, but you don't deserve to be on TV because you don't bring anything to the table. We have big yeah. boys playing out. And yeah. we don't need you at the table. And you're right. They, they need to do that. And at some point, like, that's one of the things I said before is that, you know, Tony TK needs to stop treating the company like it's a participation trophy. You got to get you got to you got to trim the fat. You got to get rid of people at some point. It sucks, but you got to look at your company. And that's that's why being the boss is not a fun job to have. Like you've got to make those tough decisions, and if you can't make those decisions, you don't deserve the spot. You got to be able to look at your company and go, "This, the, these are the people that people want to see. These are the people that don't want to see. Who can I produce? Who's going to be a star? Who's going to be not a star?" Like you serve two purposes in wrestling: you are either the guy or girl that sells the tickets, or you're the guy or girl who's helping to sell the tickets. Who's your headliner? Who's your feature? Who are the guys that make everybody else look good? If you're not serving a purpose, you got to go. And that's been AEW's problem. There are a laundry list of people who've got to go. And Marco's been one of them. Like, 
I completely and I, I completely agree to you, but the thing is, like, I think because of the pandemic, uh, the global bastard going around in the world right now, um, we were kind of stuck with the roster we had, and we were just lucky enough to have people on TV. Because imagine this: you imagine your TK, right? A new product, you're supposed to be the counter the counterculture to what WWE is, right? I mean, that that's the main that's the main thing. IWC made you what you are. The thing is, the global like you you know you're you're starting a new show, you're doing well, and then a global bastard hits. And you can't get the people you want on TV. Some people are off for a long time because of they're sick or they can't travel, uh, travel restrictions. You have all these things going against you. With what you have, thank God you had all these people you had because they're the ones coming on TV every week. So when we saw you know Jurassic Express, they had nothing for Marco, so they put him in together with um, a boy and his dinosaur, which kind of makes sense. Um, I wasn't too fond of it because I don't care for Marco stunts. But because of the pandemic, it really it really restricted us to what we can't see on TV. Now I know it sounds like I'm making excuses for Marco stunt, but really making excuses for AEW as a whole because WWE is the machine that has people coming in. You have people in NXT, you have people on the main roster, you have people, you know, for whatever. AEW just started, so they have kind of, they got kind of stuck in like limbo, like. Oh, we got this new product. We're going to get some new people and get some new eyes on and hopefully we get some new talent come with us. And then the travel restrictions started. So it's hard to get people to Jacksonville, Florida, even if you live in Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? So they were stuck with what they had. Now, TK's got this tough decision, which I think it shouldn't be a no-brainer because don't get me wrong. He's a mark for wrestling. I know people, some people call him all friends wrestling, like my favorite podcast that's out there. But at the same time, like they were stuck in a situation they couldn't really back away from. So you need to fill that time and at least keep, still keep eyes on the product for a small stint until the pandemic is pretty much over. Now, I'm not saying COVID's dead because it's not. It's still alive and going. But it's been a lot less where we actually get some more people to join in to see what's going on. I think TK's going to do the right thing by sending the people who aren't drawing, like Peter Avalon. I like Peter Avalon, but he's not a draw. Um, you know, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, he's not a draw. Put him back down. Uh, bring up the best friends. Get Trent up there, you know. Unfortunately, you got to keep Orange Cassidy, bring him up, stay him on. But Chuck, you got to go. You know what I'm saying? And start like one by one. Kip Sabian, you got to go. You're not drawing anything. And I think the people who knows who are who are moving the needle, the people who aren't, they know who they are too. I mean, it's a realistic business. It makes business sense. And it's not like personal. It's just business. And you still have a show. You're still in a product. You're still in a contract. But we're not going to put you on a main TV screen because now we're having all these new influx of people coming in. We need to make room for them for their TV spots while you move down. Hey, thank you for your assistance. You've been great. You've been a soldier. But if you want to sit with this company, we're putting on we're putting on the show because we're in charge. If you can't handle it, good luck somewhere else. I mean, I heard that PWG's hiring, CZW, NWA, those other ones. I mean, I couldn't see Michael Stun in a Ring of Honor. Could you? No, no, no. I don't see. Exactly. Here's the thing. I don't see Marco Stunt anywhere else. I think AEW is the only televised company crazy enough to sign him. Like, like even the just the boy and his dinosaur alone. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were great. But if you're not going to make them your tag team champions, and I think it's blatantly obvious they're not going to touch those belts anytime soon, then split them up, and then when you're ready, maybe they can circle around get back together when you want to make them tag champions. But Marco Polo, from the very beginning, from day one when Dynamite started, he served no purpose. He was useless from day one. 
He was useless. He served no purpose on this team. He served no purpose in a ring. He was just, that's why I made the joke. He waves into the camera, look, mama, I'm stealing a paycheck. Because that's basically what he was doing. The man is, he, he brings nothing to the table. Nothing he does in a wrestling ring is even the slightest bit believable he literally served no purpose not only am I, I understand that because of covid they were you know there were restrictions and everything they had to do what they had to do but he shouldn't have had a contract in the first place in the first place he should have never worked here i look i and i get everybody wants to i know we all want to live in a world where you know you can do anything and if you got a big enough heart and all that stuff at some point reality's got to kick in Someone has to kick your teeth in and tell you, this ain't a business you're going to do well in, okay? You're not Rey Mysterio. You don't even have that. And everybody looks at, every time you talk about somebody's size, everybody compares them to Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio was a talented luchador. He did high spot moves. He beat guys who were seven foot tall. But when he did it, it was believable. The story was told. And he worked with bigger guys who also had psychology, who also told a story. Everything they did was realistic. Nothing Marco does is realistic. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. It, I, 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 it, it doesn't. It's There's no scenario Marco Stunt can go in where it clicks. His only purpose was being the elite skits. That's where he belonged. Unless you can get paid for being on being the elite, you don't serve a purpose in the business. Get out. So I get you. And it feels like, you know, we could go on a rant about uh, Marco Stunt forever, though. We but, can. Um, but, but I mean, it, I mean, like he, he's always gonna have a he's always gonna have a home in AEW, but he has to take a lesser role. And does. I think, son, given his size, given his stature, I think he'll be happy to take an elevation job or a dark job. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it's beneath him because I think realistically he knows his options. But again, we're not gonna go on Marco Stunt. I think we we covered way more ground on Marco Stunt than we should have. Yeah. So. And also, but yeah. So to get back on track here, this was an unbelievable match, and of course, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page rushed the ring to assault Darby Allen. They kicked them, then they hit the Ego's Edge. Uh, then the Lance Archer came out to the aid of Darby Allen but was stopped with a low blow, and then Sting came out with a baseball bat, and Sky and Ethan Page retreated, and I am confused. So am I. Um, Is this Big Show booking or something? Because like, big, big Show's like, hey, man, you should be a face one day, and then be a heel one day, and be a face one day, and be a heel one day. Dude, what side of the bed did you wake up on? Like, when you wake out of bed and go out to the left side, are you a face? And then, like, when you, when you roll out of bed the next day, are you like, oh, I don't know. What did, what did they do with the murder hawk, man? Because he was on a roll, and then they decided, like, I don't know what to do with you, buddy. Like, you're going to, like, you're going to, you want to fight Sting, but you don't want to fight Sting. You want to help Darby Allen, but you want to face Sting. Like, what are you doing? I, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. And again, Lance, why is Lance talking why is there know. a microphone in his hand you have a manager you have one of the best managers in the business you have one of the original kings of ring psychology lance archer you should be seen not heard i don't want to hear you speak i don't even want to hear you clear your throat you have a manager give him the mic let him speak and you just fuck shit up and i mean that physically not that you're a screw-up but go whoop some ass let Jake do your talking. Why are you speaking? And if you're going to speak regularly, why is Jake there? Jake's the yeah, Snake Roberts is not a cheerleader. You do not have him out there just to stand there. You give a man like that a microphone. You let that man cut promos because you will seldom find a manager who can cut better promos than him in this day and age. The only person that even comes close is Paul Heyman. Depends That's on what Jake the Snake Roberts you have, but I agree. Why? Um, 
Yeah, that, that thing would confuse me. But nonetheless, um, overall, I give this show. I thought I thought the show was really fun. I never got bored watching it. Um, through and through, there's nothing that made me kick a garbage can today. So I was pretty happy with the overall show. Yeah. Um, I think it deserved the. I think the show did very good to deserve its one million mark. Um, hopefully it continues on. That was a little bit less than we had the week previously, but still over a million. So I'm happy. I um, yeah. appreciate TK's happy with what the results are. Hopefully they continue on this trend. Um, keep building these stories. Keep building these up and up and coming guys. Um, so I think we're good, good trajectory. So Vinny, it's time. You know what time it is, right? Yes. Uh, real quick before we do that, I will say um, uh, overall this show, um, it was definitely one of the best AEW shows I've seen in a long time. As far as structure goes, as far as matches go, um, like I said, n- nothing in this match made me want to throw things or lose my mind or got me pissed off. So I enjoyed that. Um, you know, obviously I went on the Marco ramp, but that's because we were talking about things I've been bothered that's bothered me over time. But every match on this card uh, delivered. I did not see one bad match on this whole card, and that is You're impressive right. it, to me. There was there was there was no filler. There was no you know bullshit. Whatever. Um, I think like the character development for these characters are really getting better um, with time and time. I think like I think they know the pressure now of being a standalone show, not being unopposed to anybody else. It's really making them feel the pressure. I think they're really like coming too. I feel like when they had competition, they were trying to do better. But at the same time, they're kind of stagnant because they had both shows. It was kind of like a, a force to be reckoned with. I think now that they hit the million million um, viewer mark, it's more pressure to bring something else next week, which is very good. Um, So we needed it. I hope they carry on this trend because I'm a big fan of AEW. I hope they uh, transpire and do great because I just want all things wrestling to be great. Impact. I should be watching Impact or been catching up with it. Um, Impact's been phenomenal since the Forbidden Door's been open uh, with uh, Kenny Omega going over there. And um, I'm telling you, man, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. And AEW, I think this week was great. Hope they continue this trend. Hopefully it gets better. And I just want every corporation that is wrestling to get better. I hope Raw gets better because it's shit right now. SmackDown's been fantastic. NXT's been good. Um, Impact's been getting better. Now, don't get me wrong. Impact's been doing well for a while. Their pay-per-views have been amazing. Their storylines are kind of good. Um, but I never thought I'd hear myself say it. But, like, with all these different doors opening, it makes you want to engage in different promotions and keep an eye out, like, what's going to happen next? And I haven't had that in a long time. So, this show was good. Um, look forward to the next one. But, uh, Vinny, it's time. Yes. It's time. That's right. Speaking of, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since we've done this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the weekly rankings of AEW. So Elvis, please tell us, what's the ranking system look like now? Oh my God, it's been such a long time. I feel like, I feel like, uh, wow, I just feel so good. Current AEW champions rankings as of April 21st. I know it's the 24th when I'm writing this, and by the time you listen to it, a little bit later, but your rankings as of April 21st, 2021, your current world champion, Kenny Omega, TNT champion, is currently Darby Allen, which we all know so much. But number one contender for the championship, we have Hangman Adam Page. Number two, we have John Moxley. Number three, believe it or not, Jungle Boy Jack Perry? Damn! Number four, Powerhouse Hobbs. And number five, we have Pac. I've never seen this lineup before. Age, Moxley, Jungle Boy, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Pac. In that order, my God, have things have changed since last time we did this ranking. That's 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 beautiful. That just yeah. brings a tear in my eye. I'm gonna cry, but I'm not going to because we're on live on air. 
Now, for your women's rankings, I know last time I said the last time that with the rankings, Hikaru Shida was champion, and guess what? He still is. Your current women's champion is Hikaru Shida, number one contender. Who is it, Vinny? This is Dr. Britt Baker. Number two, you got Ty Conte. Number three, you have Thunder Rosa. Number four, you have Nala Rose. And number five, believe it or not, it's Red Velvet. Wow, what a group. Thunder Rosa, mwah, the best. And last but not least, you got your tag team rankings as of April 21st, 2021. We got your current champions, the elites, the, the elite, break it down, the Young Bucks, your current tag team champions. Number one contenders for your tag team champions, you do have SCU. First tag team champions over in AEW. Second position, you got Jurassic Express and Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Luchasaurus. Number three, believe it or not, it's the Varsity Blondes with Griff Garrison <laughs> and Brian Pillman Jr. Number four, you have the Butcher and the Blade and the Butcher and the Blade. And number five, you have FTR, FTR, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. And ladies and gentlemen, that is your rankings for AEW of this week. Any that was so much fun. Oh, my God. I haven't done this in a while with you. I know you're probably gritting your teeth and saying, we got Jim Cornette aneurysm right now. But at the same time, this is a fun <laughs> night. This is a fun night. It was a fun no, week for wrestling. No, it really was. You know, like, obviously, I, I had to I had to throw the jokes in at the beginning because that's what I do. But in all honesty, like I said, this was one of the best AEW shows I'd seen in a very long time. Like, this did not make me angry at all. And it's been a long time since AEW's had a show that has made me angry. I think Revolution was the last time I got really mad <laughs> at an AEW show, ironically. But um, this one was actually enjoyable. I'm glad I got a chance to watch it, and I'm glad that uh, we had a chance to talk about it. And, of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this will conclude the recap of AEW. But don't worry, not to worry. We will be back on Monday with new episodes coming out this week. We're going to have uh, Elvis and I will be back with our uh, part one shenanigans. Um, also, we've got another classic pay-per-view review for you guys. Uh, myself and Gator Ricky Ross will be teaming up to review WCW Fall Brawl 1998 is the next review we're going to do. Classic one uh, for the record books. Uh, we do it to commemorate the, uh, the war games that WWE had recently. We're going to talk about that. Also, We'll, of course, have the NXT recaps. Uh, John Tumblin, the NXT correspondent, should be returning to the show uh, by that time. So you get to see me and John uh, on the show again in the hot seat. Uh, and then, of course, um, you know, the AEW recaps will be back. Desmond should be back next week. So Elvis and Desmond will be uh, taking over the uh, AEW stuff. And, of course, uh, before we officially wrap up the show, I got to do my uh, traditional plugs. But before I do the traditional plugs, Elvis, uh, is there anything you want to uh, plug or promote before we wrap the show up? No. I'm joking. No, actually, actually, you know what, though? Every week I say, don't follow me. Don't go on Instagram. Don't do anything like that. Actually, I, I am going to promote something. Um, for first in a long time. You know, you guys know me as being the correspondent for AEW. I am your beginning host, too, at Vinny. And me and Vinny have been friends for a long time, and we promote stuff, and we talk stuff. But um, I'm actually going to do a podcast. Vinny, I think I've been talking to you. I've been having a project in mind for a couple of weeks now. Or I think I think, I think about a month or whatever. I'm working on a project. Um, it's called Conversations with My Dad. And um, it's kind of in depth. It's kind of crazy. And I'll kind of give you a little live like what's going on. Um, I've known my dad. I'm 41 years old. And uh, I feel like most people with their parents don't know their parents. Like you might grow up with them, might know them from their past. And they give you the cliff notes. 
Um, my dad, I feel like I haven't really known him for a long time. Like I've known him, but I don't really know who he is. It's kind of a weird scenario. Like you know him, but you don't know him. Like he's in the, he's like a stranger I've known for a long time. So um, I finally talked to my dad, and I was like, you know what? That's such an interesting story. Like, you know, my parents from my my parents are from Romania. My dad's from Romania. So third world country. Um, coming to America, a true American story of you know how he left one country, came here, made something of himself, and kind of lived the American dream. But the thing is, he got a lot of weird things that happened to him when he was living in Romania and coming here. And he's got quite the story. Now, he does have a strong Romanian accent. So don't get me wrong. Um, I will be asking questions from the standpoint of a, of a of an American or a person listening to us because he's got a really strong Romanian accent. Um, so the thing I'll be plugging is be called Conversations with My Dad. Um, I'll probably be putting on the Boochcast link if you want to hear it. I mean, it's just a conversation with me and my dad talking, but this will be the first time we're actually talking as real people because he's always been my dad trying to guide me and, you know, trying to make me the man that I am today. But I really never got to know the guy. I don't know what his favorite song is, his favorite movie. Um, I never knew how he was growing up. And uh, I have a lot of questions. Now, hopefully we get all my all answered. So um, this week I will plug something. Um, I'm still no works. Um, the way it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen in a series where I'm going to talk about his past, obviously as a kid, his teenage years into becoming an adult, and then his transition from moving over from Romania over to Chicago, and then, you know, living here in the States and how everything is in his current life. So it's going to be a multi-part series. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be kind of cool because I never really got to know my dad. I mean, he's alive, but we never really had a great relationship. I think now in our latter years, um, I think we're at a point where we can actually talk to each other as adults and uh, get some stuff out there. So hopefully you guys like it. If you cool, if you do, cool. If you don't, that's fine. Um, if anything, it's more for me just to kind of figure out who my dad is and what makes him tick as a person. So that's what I have going for me. That is awesome, dude. Uh, I, I know, and we talked a little bit about it, but I'm glad that it's um, you know, uh, finally becoming a thing. Uh, do you do you have a date on when the uh, episodes will air? Well, here's the thing. So we try to make a couple appointments before, but the thing is, like, he's always transitioning. Like, um, he lives in Indiana, but he's currently in the process of selling his property in Indiana and moving to Arizona. Um, so um, we made a couple appointments to meet up with each other, and he's not really tech savvy. He doesn't, you know, he has a computer, but he's got some stuff on his phone, like Facebook, whatever. But he doesn't really post. He's not really tech savvy. Um, so I got him set up with like uh, Discord, like the way we're doing our channel right now. Um, and you know, that's how we communicate to get the podcast done. So I got him set up with Discord. Um, I had his wife, you know, do the password and everything else. Uh, we tried to set up two dates so far, um, but things came up. It wasn't like, you know, he was trying to blow me off. It's just that, you know, he was either traveling somewhere. They were supposed to do something. Something came up, um, but we'll have more on it later on. But that's the project I'm currently working on. Um, it'll be a little bit different from what, we're, what we traditionally do because we talk about wrestling and comic books and uh, movies. And um, this is more like uh, me getting to know my dad on a personal level because I've never really had that. Um, and for those who grow up with their families, I want you to really think about, do you really know your parents? Like, do you know the cliff notes of their life or do you know everything? I don't think everybody does unless you have a really strong relationship with your father, or your mother. And um, I think this is going to be kind of eye opening to myself and hopefully eye opening for him, too, because uh, he had a couple conversations not too long ago. And it was kind of like, wow, this is pretty this is pretty deep. We need to get this recorded. So he agreed to it. Um, it's just a matter of time. So I'm thinking with the next, like, let's say anywhere between two to four weeks, we should have at least a couple episodes in. Kind of base it off that, though. But once they actually come out, though, we'll put them out. And I'll, I'll let you guys know. I, I talk to you guys every week. Uh, that's what I'm currently working on. It's going to be a fun little project. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you don't, don't listen to it. Like it. Comment. Let me know what's going on. But uh, you guys can't understand my dad either because, like, I he 
speaks perfect English, but he does have like the Elvis, I am your father. You know, he's got that Romanian accent. Yeah, shit going on, you yeah. know? It's so funny because like when he calls me, he's like, Elvis, my prince, how are you doing, my son? Like he's got that strong accent. Like it's 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 adorable. You guys will love it. Um, hopefully you guys do. If you guys don't, don't listen to it. If you guys like it, just tell us you like it. I don't hate it. Tell us you hate it. I don't care. Absolutely. Now, uh, once we get well, once we uh, get a date for the first episode, we'll be sure to let you guys know so you can check it out. Conversations with my father with Elvis Delinsky and Mr. Delinsky. Yeah, Wesley Delinsky. Yeah. Wesley Delinsky. That's awesome. I look forward to hearing that. And, um, and of course, speaking of uh, podcasting, make sure you guys are following us on all of our podcast platforms. We are on Anchor. We are on Spotify. We are on Breaker. And we are on Google Podcast. So make sure you're following us on all four of those sites. If you got a favorite, definitely follow us on the one that's your favorite. And, of course, follow us on all of our social media platforms. Like us on Facebook. We got archived episodes of the show as well as great content coming out in fact uh tomorrow this should be coming out late saturday night early sunday so it'll either be uh today or tomorrow at the time you're listening to this uh the, the latest episode of complaint time is gonna drop it's gonna be on the Boochcast facebook page make sure you check that out also you can follow us on twitter and instagram for all the latest uh tweets photos and videos that we got up there make sure you guys are following us there for all the fun content and of course subscribe to the youtube channel we have got great we've had three episodes already this week of dark side of the ring have dropped uh we had uh the brawl for all came out this week we had uh jimmy snooker and the death of nancy argentino is up there and of course we have the assassination of Dino Bravo is also on the Boochcast YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to have a few more coming out later this week. I still have to edit those. Uh, but, of course, make sure you guys get ready because May 6th is going to be Season 3 of Dark Side of the Ring. So we're definitely going to have those videos coming out. Uh, they'll be out a lot faster uh, than the ones we did here. Uh, there might be a little bit of delays depending on scheduling, but we're definitely excited for Season 3. But, I'm gonna have all, but before Season 3, all the episodes are going to come out. So this is Subscribe to the YouTube channel to follow us along for Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring. Also, follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we have our wrestling watch parties. It's where we're going to have our D&D show. Um, obviously, we might, we may or may not be doing some one-shots in between leading up to the big D&D campaign. But we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff on Twitch. And, of course, as far as watch parties go... Uh, WWE SummerSlam is going to be the next one we're going to do. So granted, it's a few months away, but still, if you're following us on Twitch, you can check out all the Twitch excitement we got coming your way. And of course, support the show through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash theboochcast. We got great rewards for great patrons for as little as $1 a month, just $1 a month. You guys can help. Keep the show going, sponsor it, keep it keep it thriving. Uh, it helps us pay the bills. It helps us uh, bring in bigger name guests. Helps us upgrade the equipment, and of course, it takes care of the guys behind the scenes who work real hard uh, to make this show possible for you guys. So, if you feel like these guys work hard and deserve a little coin in their pocket, Patreon is where you can go make that happen. So, uh, until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka the Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been. The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. Until then, pizza, baby. Keith Wellington, away. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine.
wish and goodbye till when we meet again.